Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast. I am Marianne Bailey. I will be your host today. Our guest today is Debbie Weiss. She is the author of Available As Is. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Marianne. Appreciate it. Holy, I'm glad that you're with me today. So we're talking about dating over the age of 50. We're doing a series right now, and you're one guest, and then we're also teaming that up with another guest that we had for our last episode. And so I'm just really excited to have your perspective of dating over the age of 50. Would you introduce yourself a little bit and tell everybody a little bit about your book? Sure. Thank you. Available As Is, it's actually called Available As Is, A Midlife Widow's Search for Love. And it's about my efforts to create a new life after I lost my husband, who was also my high school sweetheart of 32 years. We'd known each other since I was seven and he was 11. We were high school sweethearts. And we lasted through my becoming an attorney and his being an engineer. And then he passed from cancer in 2013, about 10 years ago. Thank you. And when I was creating a new life and also finding a voice after being half a couple for 32 years, I really got into writing and started publishing articles. And I got an MFA at 56 and I wrote a book. And that's my book, Available As Is, A Midlife Widow Search for Love. And it focuses becoming a new self, but it also has a lot about dating over 50, what it was like when I started dating at 50. And I hadn't dated it since 1980 when I was a junior in high school. So I had a big learning curve. And dating now is so different compared to what it was back in the 80s. It was so much easier to meet people. But as you age, people, whether you want to admit or not, people are getting, have, they all have baggage, right? They, oh yes. Whether it's ex-wives, deceased wives, deceased husbands, children, careers that didn't go right or careers that are going great and are their real marriage, (laughs) whatever the case may be, everybody has something more that they're involved. Back when we were 18, 19, 20 years old, it was so easy because there wasn't all that involved in there. Your baggage was, oh, I went to high school or I went to college. And the involved what what happened in there, and now there's just so much more added to this picture and history and everything else. And I just find, as a single person who just started recently dating again, that there are so many different levels of baggage as well. Some are backpacks, some are suitcases, some are big heavy trunks, and trying to navigate through all of that is daunting. Yeah, that's why I named my book Available As Is, because I felt like as older folks were like real estate, right? We're available as is, like an older home. Some older homes, they're beautiful, right? They've got this stunning crown molding and wonderful period details. And some are just really cruddy and you'd never want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting analogy because that's exactly right. Some you buy for the character and you're looking for houses with character. And then the other houses, you're like, I don't, you're looking on realtor.com or somewhere and you're like, I just don't even want to go see that because it is cruddy. So yes, would anybody want to be there? Yeah. Yeah. That might trigger my asthma. Take a look on that. So we talked a little bit about some of the things that we've seen in some of the dating apps that are interesting. 
And one of the things that you and I talked about before that we noticed was that the word narcissism seems to be like a big red flashing flag these days and the lack of empathy and different stuff and how men behave on dating apps. Like I know the rumor I heard was that like most men will go through and they all swipe right on everybody. And then whoever answers, like they see what kind of response. Do I get a match out of this? Do I get a response? Do I whatever? And then they filter people at that point based on who answers them. Oh, so it's a kind of comparing to say, okay, let's see how many responses I get. And then we'll pick the best of that. But it doesn't mean I'm necessarily interested. Yeah. Why would I message somebody that off the bat when I want to see if I get interest from them first as well? There's an old joke. That reminds me of an old joke from my dad's time. It's a terrible joke. And in it, there's these two men who work in an office. One is very pleasant, nice looking. One isn't so great looking, not so great looking, always has a beautiful woman on his arm. And they're both single. And so the great looking one says to not so great, how come, you know, I can't get women. How come you always have a gorgeous girl on your arm? And the not so handsome man says, whenever I'm out and I see a woman and I think is attractive, I ask her to sleep with me. I ask her to go to bed with me. And great looking guy goes, you must hear no a lot. And the not so good looking guy says, that too. I think the online dating thing lends itself to just collecting people and seeing what happens. I have mixed emotions about online dating. Like I met my ex-husband back when bulletin boards existed and we knew people like it was a local board and we both knew people that participated in this. And this board also got together and they would get together and play softball and go to movies and do stuff. And so we both knew people that were vouched for each of us. There just isn't very much accountability, I think, these days on dating apps. I don't think people hide behind their phone or their computer quite a bit. There obviously is a lot of catfishing and stuff like that, but just true authentic people, they tend to, we were talking a little bit ago before we got on here about making it very clear what kind of people that you want to date and making it clear like what attributes they have that you will put up with and the things that maybe don't jive for you. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Sure. We certainly can. What was your experience with all that? Oh, I found it extremely difficult. I found a lot of the online stuff to be a bit of a power struggle, ignoring the catfishing, the people who are messaging you from other states, the people who just want to text forever. And I, I don't understand that. It just seems like a security blanket kind of thing. You just said the whole online state thing. That's interesting. I don't think dating apps do a very good job of filtering out that part of, I get messages from people in Michigan and I'm in Ohio, if you don't know people, I get messages from people in Michigan and Chicago, Chicago area and New York and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's because were they maybe near Ohio one at one point or what exactly they do but it's i have mine set to a hundred mile radius so why am i getting messages from ohio i mean from new york or from california or illinois even i think it's crazy it is crazy in terms of what you don't want i found it very difficult because i also think there's a group of men and i don't really understand it who just want to challenge you getting stuff from guys who are like 
I think it'd be fun to tie you up for people who are like wanting all kinds of things that are kinky, things that are short term, things that are, hey, let's meet up. And my profile clearly said, I am looking for a relationship. And then I made it stronger. I put, I am, that, that, I changed it from I'm looking to a committed relationship to saying that in one sentence to saying at the bottom, if I don't contact you, it is because I am looking for a long-time relationship. If you want something shorter or kinky, I applaud your self-knowledge, but please don't waste your time contacting me. And then things got better. But I didn't really understand these enormous groups of people who seemed to just be, let's mess with them. I really feel like there's a lot of hostility there. And once you weed through it, there might be a different group of people, and then you're getting to a more sophisticated level of problems. I think they think of it like game on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's you know, like the joke like, I told. Yeah. So I stopped. I learned a long time ago, and I've told people, like a lot of times seniors will come to me and they'll say, hey, I had no nothing about online dating. Can you help me create a profile? And they're not very computer savvy and stuff like that. And when I do that, often they will message me like, hey, what do you think of this message this person sent me? I don't know how to react to this. And but so I learned through that a long time ago, not to necessarily put in there the things that you are not looking for because they do take that as a challenge. I don't want somebody that rides motorcycles. And then that person that has rides motorcycles is like, that I can change your mind. And I find that with a lot of my clients that do that. And I think you just said the same thing was, it was kind of like that. So if you don't put like, I don't want this, but this is what I am looking for, that you just take away that negative adversity to it. Yeah. When I said I was serious and I wasn't going to answer anybody didn't want that, it did get much better, actually. And I did, that did work as a screening tool. But I guess people, oh, what should I say, men are obtuse. I had to put it in three different places on a very short profile. And that said, obviously, nobody wants to see a profile that is, I am looking for someone who has this income. If you are not this, if you are not that, those are disturbing. But it's really just so much of it is screening that I think it takes any fun out of it. Yeah, it definitely has not been a fun adventure (laughs) that I've been on with this and I said in my last podcast, I said, I told my neighbor, I said, I'm thinking about dating again. And he was like, how are you going to do that? You'd have to leave your home. And I was like, that is true. Not necessarily. People are doing virtual dates these days. I never did one, but I've heard that sometimes people, their first date is virtual. You get your glasses of wine or your spaghetti carbonara or whatever. And You want somebody that's real in your life and to have to go places and do things and stuff like that. Eventually. You have to leave your home. Eventually, you have to meet and go do something. And I know sooner rather than later. I think the biggest steps that I learned at one point was just to start screening and stop wasting time, which is two or three short messages. Hey, you seem good. Back and forth. Say, Let's have a phone call. That seems good. You're not falling asleep on the phone. Guy isn't talking to imaginary friends. You set up a coffee date. That was how what I learned from more experienced people. And what I eventually started to do was if something didn't look right to me, I didn't waste my time answering it. If somebody kept texting after two emails about how we both love the Ramones, we're done. No more Ramones talk because it's just so much time wasting. To me, it was just a really a matter of talk once, see if it makes sense, as opposed to the guy who I had a half hour limit eventually because some people, there's the guy who looked fabulous, but when after a half hour of his laminate, his herniated disc surgery, 
And that was the whole call. I was like, okay, I've got to go. And then there's that. And then you're done there. Then, you know, if it's a good call, then you set up a meeting, hopefully something relatively quick, unless it's an amazing call. And then you keep, and it sounds callous, but keep it moving because otherwise I think you can spend just hours and hours on things that go nowhere. Yeah. And there's so many conversations that people who seem to text and they seem great. And then, well, they vanish or they're not interested or they're not who they said they were. Or you say, oh, great, let's get together. And they say, oh, okay, I'm an hour away. When are you coming by? I expect you to do all the work. Yeah. And that's after it was one guy after I answered enough questions that was the platonic. We were talking about all these philosophies and it was like, God, I wasted virtual exam on this person. So I just really think it's important just to save your time, have a real life conversation and a real life meeting. And if there's too many obstacles there, move on. I had a friend who would meet somebody for a date and they would get along great. And this date would turn out to last six hours. And I was like, why are you doing that though? This was the first meeting that you've had with this person. She's like, we really connected. I'm like, yeah, but what else can you talk about in six hours besides pouring out your heart and your soul to somebody? Because that's eventually where that leads to. You end up talking about everything you could possibly imagine and including the things that you like and including the things that you don't like, which leads me to my next subject of what I was telling her was like, don't share so much with what you don't like and don't want with people right up front because it leaks. These days, men are like, oh, you know, she doesn't like this and she doesn't like that. So even though I do like that, I'm certainly not going to tell her that I like that because she's already told me that she doesn't like that. And it just kind of seems don't give away what, you know, let them show you the person you they are before telling them how you want them to be. I think that makes sense. You're going to, you're always going to get some sort of sociopathic people who are going to mold them. It's called love bombing, who are going to mold themselves into what you want, get what they want and move on. Same with pouring out your heart on a first date. You don't know this person. Are they going to come back? I, I used to be in groups for widowed people and a lot of us widowed folk were very inexperienced with dating and expect people to, to be of the quality level of spouses who tended to be honest folk. And you get some guy who's, oh, I love that too. Oh, I'm crazy about this. Oh, God, yes. Oh, no, I can't wait. I can't control myself because I love you so much. And I see us moving in together with that labradoodle you love. And then it's sex and they're gone. I'm a pretty cynical view about that stuff because I've read so much about that happening. They know you can wait. You don't need to expose everything about yourself. I think it's best to keep things in reserve and the right person will want to see you again and again and get to know you in a gradual way. I think people that have been in relationships for a long time or that are going through a breakup or a spouse that passed away or something, like you said, that don't have that experience, that is a very serious concern is when they do meet a narcissist or somebody that is what we would consider maybe a player and they play on that. They pull on that inexperience. They learn that and they're like, oh, wow, I can get away with so much with this person because this person is so hungry for love or this or that. I met this one guy on a site who had, and 
I had said basically like not looking for hookups. And so he had messaged me and he was like, why not? And I was like, because that's not the kind of person I am. I'm like looking for a serious relationship. And he was like, look, you're, what's going to happen is you're going to go out to dinner with somebody. And when you don't sleep with them, they're going to go out to dinner with you again until you sleep with them. And then they're going to dump you at that point. It's just how guys work these days. So I don't think you need to communicate with this schmuck. It's very easy. This is very easy. You don't need to have this conversation. Yeah. But it, but it gave me some insight. Some of this stuff, oh, yeah. like I'll talk to people just to, I've been, I signed up for Tinder and I signed up for Facebook dating just to kind of get some, see how things were and what things were going on, just even for research for this podcast series of this. Because like we said, dating over the age of 50 can be extremely hard for people and hard for them to navigate dating apps and meeting people and stuff like that. But when he told me that, it led me to believe the first thing I was like, okay, nice having a conversation with you. And he's like, yeah, you too. And I blocked him. So first lesson number one is if you come across people that are not jiving with trust your gut, right? All the way. Like if something doesn't feel right, it isn't and believe that. And so I blocked him, but it made me start wondering, do people see guys that way or guys really treating women that way these days of have they lost or do they ever not have empathy towards people or 50% of the men out there, players like that, and they're just looking to have sex with somebody and be on their way? Or how do you decipher between what is real and what isn't when it comes to meeting men online? I think that's extremely difficult. When I started out, again, I hadn't dated since I was 16 in 1980, so I was very naive. And it wasn't so much sex as that I would just keep coming back to a guy a couple times with people who were clearly not over their exes or had anger management issues. A couple of these schmucks are in my book. And I should have trusted my instincts and been able to tell initially, this isn't really a mentally healthy person. This guy isn't isn't in a good space to be a partner. My, my situation wasn't even guys who wanted sex so much as those miserable people who wanted you to be around while they lament their lives, lament their exes, and hope that you'll be this kind of emotional energy you know, labor suckers. machine. Energy you know, suckers. Energy suckers. Yeah, I really found that. Yeah. That was more what I found when I was dating. And do men have empathy? The right one will. In general, I would say it's very hard to find that in men over 50 because of our generational differences. I went back to school and I got a master's degree when I was 54. And a lot of the younger guys in my graduate classes, they were a lot better. They seemed to have empathy. They seemed to relate to women very differently just as people. And we all are in emotional places or we're all having emotional things. And it seemed much more equal. When we were younger, the men, I think, weren't raised necessarily to be so in touch with their emotions. We're from the age of, I'm from the age of yuppiedom and Gordon Gecko. And guys were raised to conquer and women were raised, we were raised to be successful, but we were also raised to do so in a quote unquote feminine manner where we didn't offend anyone, which is very hard to accomplish. Trust me, I'm a former lawyer. I couldn't do it. You have these guys that were pushing for what they want and see themselves as having that. And you have women who are, but I don't want to offend them. And I don't want to say the wrong thing. And what if he doesn't think I'm pretty? And I feel like we all have to get past that. One thing dating taught me, and I found somebody probably surprisingly because I sound so unpleasant, but I'd been with someone for five years, was to stop caring if I was likable. I read that recently and have heard that. Don't worry about, am I good enough for them? You should be thinking, are they good enough for me? 
are they in a space to offer what it is that we want and are those mutually compatible? I don't know, good enough maybe is a, a value thing, but it is very much. Are they honest, compassionate, kind, considerate, basic values that I think unfortunately get completely thrown away in the dating world? If yeah. someone's trying to talk you into bed, that's not a good person. Good people aren't, good people don't. How dirty can we get on this? My podcast, we can go, whatever. Good people don't get an erection when they're trying to force someone to do something that they don't want to do. True. Women look at themselves, they go out there like inexperienced people that have been, like I said, married for 25, 50 years, whatever the story may be. They can be insecure sometimes. I haven't done this in a really long time. Oh, I was. Am I pretty enough? Will this person like me and stuff? And if they will change that around and be like, well, I like this person. Well, will will this person, like you said, will this person be empathetic? Will this person be sympathetic? Will this person be true to who who they are so that I can really get to know them and know the real them instead of meeting some jerk out there? Exactly. And if, and if somebody wants something quick, you can even reverse it. I want something quick and I don't want to see this person again. So this person respect my boundary for wanting that or whatever it is. I'm not trying to make a value judgment that this has to be a committed relationship, but I do think that everybody could be kind and compassionate and hopefully have some respect for the boundaries that we probably need to establish in this arena. That's interesting that you say that. You're right. Not, it's funny because Obviously, the circles that I roll in these days have people, I'm around people that, that are younger, but then a lot of the people that I deal with are 50 and older right now, just because of the nature of the work that, that I do and who I deal with and whatnot. And I hear women, as we age, tend to surround ourselves with people that are, and did you say that maybe, that people that are more friend we surround up people with and i'm definitely gonna have to do some editing on this one because i'm lost for words on some of the stuff but they're a lot they, they surround themselves with people that excite them as far as maybe different hobbies and different careers and different things to do whether that be male or female and a lot as you start getting older you start seeing the value of being able to spend time with yourself and to do the things that you want to do in your life. I know that I'm a hundred percent there right now after being, I joined Tinder and Facebook dating. And after it's been a couple of weeks now, and after seeing what's out there, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I got an invite last night from a neighbor to have a hookup. And you know what, women, if that's what you're into, if you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go out on a few dates. I'm going to go sleep with whoever I want to sleep with and do whatever I want to do. And if I want to go have a one night stand with somebody, I'm going to do that. For the record, I did not. It was a neighbor and that would make things really awkward. Yeah, that would be bad. That, would, that might be awkward. Soon. That would be awkward later. Yeah. And I told him, I said, hey, I like having conversations with you from time to time, like neighborhood porch type conversations and whatever, but change, sex does change things. But it's also a matter of how you look at it. If you're just like, yep, we rolled around in the hay, we had a good time. And now I've got to go back to interviewing people for my podcast. If that's what you're into, then by all means, do it, right? Life is short. Do what makes you happy. But if you're looking for a relationship, then you've got to learn how to navigate some of this stuff and figure out 
what you're looking for and what makes you happy when you're talking to men or women and what you're looking to do. They agree completely. We should probably add or non-binary folk. But yes, I agree. I think that it's also, if you want something more significant and that's going to last, then I think your vetting process, your criteria is going to be a lot higher. But at the same time, you don't need to waste time. If somebody is stringing you around, if you're not somebody's priority, if somebody's calling you when they have nothing better to do for last minute things, that's not good relationship material. You can screen. I think the, the thing that helps the most is being able to screen. I haven't th- mentioned this probably. I think I mentioned it in our first podcast that I've been with someone for five years and we met online. So it worked. Through and an we app. Had, through an app, through OkCupid. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I did this. It worked, but it took a lot of years and a lot of screening. But I also, at one point I had to think if someone's not crazy about me, then they're not the right person for me. Or if they're too crazy about me, they're not the right person. Or if their lives are so busy that I don't see myself being a part of them, then that's not right. And it's nothing to really feel terrible about because there wasn't a long-term potential. If you don't see it after a few dates, then it's not there and you can move on. My problem sometimes wasn't so much guys who like blew me off was a few guys who were like, yeah, we're, let's date and let's not see other people. And okay, but your availability is two days a month. And I want someone who's around to fix my dishwasher when it breaks and have dinner with me. And I don't want that. Or somebody who really wanted someone to take care of them. It's great. You can come to my house sometime on the weekends and you can do this. And it's like, no, I want someone who wants to come to my house sometimes too. It was really a matter of screening, I think. The one good thing when you want something big. If you want something short-term, you can have fun and that. But if you want something really long-term, I think there is a lot of screening and a lot of looking at values. And if it's someone who never listens to you, who doesn't listen to you on a couple of dates, then you have your answer. You don't want that anyway. So, okay, Cupid was one of your apps. Did you sign up on multiple ones? I'm sorry? Did you sign up on multiple apps? Over the time that I was dating, which was four years, what, some time off and a long relationship in the middle that wasn't good. I was on a few different ones. I was on J-Date. Um, J-Date, what is that? That is a large dating network for Jewish people. Okay, I heard that in the last podcast as well. I never knew that existed. Yes, it does. I signed on for that. I'm not very religious. I am culturally Jewish, and that didn't work for me. There weren't a lot of people in my area, and a lot of the guys, let's just say a lot of the stereotypes seem to be true, and I'll leave it at that, but I did find difficulty there. A couple other apps, I just didn't find the profiles properly detailed. Cupid seemed to have the most sort of detailed descriptions of people. People seemed to put more about what they wanted. Their descriptions of what they wanted were longer. Is that the that one was where helpful. they score everybody on a compatibility score? They do. They do that. Yes. They do that. I... Like I said, I've signed up on multiple ones in the past, just like I said, being able to help seniors figure out which ones they wanted to use. I know there's Match owns one for seniors. And for some reason, the names are all eluding me today. I should have gone over them before I got on here. We'll edit those out. But I know there's something called senior singles. I was never over singles. singles or... Yeah. Yeah, I was never on that. But I was going to sign up for that for research for this podcast. And then... I was like, you know what? I don't want to be, I have found that single people, men, especially, and probably the women, since I don't see the women's side, I did go into Tinder and I 
went into where you choose men, women, both, everybody. I chose everybody because I had heard that women's profiles and women out there are just as bad as what men, women say men are. I've heard that. I wanted to see that for myself. And some of the profiles that I came across scared the heck out of me. Okay. I was like, this is what men have to choose from. And some of them were like, you could tell they were just out for a good time. And I was like, wow, my pictures are so boring compared to, to, to what these women are showing off here. But some of their profiles were definitely very egregious, very, they were out there that just very aggressive was the word I was thinking of aggressive was saying, I don't want this. I don't want that. If you don't make more than 150000 a year, don't bother messaging me and stuff. And it's just, okay. It's like when I'm looking for a man, it's, yeah, I'm at the age where I'm not getting any younger. None of us are. And I don't necessarily want somebody that's homeless and doesn't have a vehicle and a career and no technology and stuff like that. But I'm certainly not going to be putting a dollar sign in my profile. That's what I'm looking for because I'm not, like I said, I'm not money grubbing, but I don't want to be struggling so much in the future in, in life as a whole. If I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody, we're going to be in a comfortable relationship where we can pay our bills. And, that makes sense. Or if I'm going to stay single, I'm going to be, work my butt off so that I can pay my bills. But and so if I get into a relationship, I want someone to bring as much to the table that I am bringing. It doesn't have to be in the same exact way because that person's strengths may be different than my strengths. You want someone, I think, who in one way or another, what works for you brings out the best in you, right? You want to grow to be better people together, whatever that means, whether that means starting a software company or traveling or binge watching lots of television. You want somebody... I think where you feel that you're being the person you want to be or becoming more the person you want to be. When I was first dating, I had an issue where I was pretty insecure and I'm a lawyer. So I was looking for somebody who also had some kind of a graduate degree, preferably a career that looked impressive on paper, because I felt very insecure. I'd retired at 40. I was 50. I didn't have a career. I was a widow. I'd lost my husband. I was didn't have a lot of accomplishments, I felt. But looking for people like that didn't help. Because a lot of those folks who look very impressive in a resume doesn't mean they're good partners or that they're compassionate or that they're good with people outside of a business context. Once I started to look for someone I enjoyed and had fun with, who was stable, but not necessarily aspirational, my life got a lot better. That's interesting. I think what the point I was trying to make was at least somewhat compatible. Like I've met in the past men who... Even before I was looking for somebody new, but men that I could have a conversation with about anything, right? We could talk. But then there were some men that would be like, oh, I'm not technology advanced or this or that and whatever. And our conversations were limited just because the things that interest me didn't interest them and vice versa. So there's got to be some level of, yeah, this person may be a welder, but he at least knows some technology stuff so that when I come home and share what happened during the course of my day, they have interest in that. That brings up the issue that there are a group of men. We talked about the whole negging thing before that the idea is that, and I think there used to be these sort of pickup schools of putting a woman down to the point where she wants your approval. And that's, and that's pretty ugly too. I dated a couple of those. Tell people what negging is. 
my understanding of it is it's a kind of, it's a pickup technique. And I think women can use it too, where you look to your prospective person and give them a few subtle sort of compliment insults so that they feel that you're very discerning and that they're not quite matching up, but they want your approval. They want to get your approval. Somebody, I guess, would say to me something along the lines of, I, I think you're a decent writer, but I really didn't think your book was very good. It especially missed this aspect. And I would say, oh, really? What aspect? And they would say, in my experience, and I'd be like, oh, really? And so it's being somewhat insulting or at a worse level, a guy goes in and he goes, you've got beautiful hair. I love your eyes. And if you worked out a little bit more, you could have great legs. Do you want to try going to the gym with me? Something along those lines. I dated the same person for the last 10 years since I got divorced. And we had an on again, off again relationship a couple of times. And in one of those times that we broke up, I went out on a date to a steakhouse and the guy was like, oh, I should have asked for more body pictures from you. And I was just like, thanks, dude. And everyone I've told the story to, they're like, did you get up and leave then? I'm like, no, I ordered the most expensive steak on the menu because I was like, I'm not letting this guy treat me this way. I was like, I stayed for dinner and had a conversation with them. And then when we got out to the parking lot, he tried kissing me goodbye. He's out here, literally tried to get me to kiss him goodbye and stuff like more than just like a peck on the cheek goodbye or whatever. And I was like, I'm not having it because I knew exactly what he was doing, that he was nagging me like, oh, you're not good enough for me because clearly you're not a size two, but I'll overlook it and make out with you for a little bit or whatever. And I was like, no, nope, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, exactly. It's putting yourself above your, your prospect in such a way that they want your approval. So they'll be excited that you're paying attention to them. And I think it's pretty tired. And I think hopefully I like to think most women are seek through that could move on again if you've been married for a long time or whatever you don't know these things right, and i didn't when 10 years ago and i no started one the term neg negging or narcissist or or gaslighting or any of that type of stuff 20 30 years ago it just wasn't a common word that was promoted by social media like it is now we definitely most people know what that means by now I agree. And I think it's, and it's too bad because my problem, I didn't know those words, but I did have instincts and I was still a reasonably perceptive person. I just didn't trust those instincts. So I didn't look at things like this guy's narcissistic. He's really promoted on two dates, his own accomplishments. I haven't gotten to say very much and he's not been real good about me. But at the same time, I should have been able to tell this is somebody who's really crazy about themselves and gets off putting other people down, regardless of the terminology. And then I think there's people out there that hold on to, they compare. I know this woman who was dating this guy and it was the best sex that she had ever had in her entire life. And her ex-husband just didn't do it for her. And she stayed married for all the reasons. And she started dating this guy and the sex was just so amazing that she was just like, how could I ever leave this? I'm having orgasms for the first time in my life and I'm really enjoying myself. And I kept telling her, I was like, yeah, but he's not treating you well in other ways. And mm -hmm. there are other men out there that can give you orgasms as well. You can have more. Yeah. And she finally left him and found someone new. She's like, you're hundred percent right. But if you go from one, from a marriage that either broke up or like you said, your spouse passed away or whatever, and you didn't have 
that great of a relationship with them to begin with, don't grab on to the first person you meet that gives you a tiny inkling of pleasure, whether that be great conversation, great sex, spends money on you, goes boating, whatever the story may be. There's other people out there that can fill those shoes as well. Yeah, I think it's hard because we get really hard on ourselves. I know I was very hard on myself at one point when I'd been dating for a while and it was like, I was feeling a little trash. Wow, these people aren't real nice to me. I've put up with too much. And I feel like it helps to look at this as a learning experience. Could I be non-monogamous? No, I really can't do that. I don't want that. With each thing, you discover things about yourself. It's like, wow, this is great. This woman has discovered great sex. That's wonderful. She discovered orgasms. So now she can say, okay, now that's now I know that's something I want. I also want somebody reliable who's compassionate and literate, but I also want someone who can do this. Or she can say, there's some people, I know some women who discovered later in life, they don't want someone who's around all the time. They want to keep their own home. They really want a guy they just see a couple days a week. Maybe they don't see other people, but, and maybe they travel together or they do family events. But hey, you know what? I've been there to discover I want the companionship, the feelings of love, but I don't want someone who's around all the time. And I feel like when we're older and all, we can look at this as a learning experience and be gentle with ourselves and take from this, okay, I've learned that I like this and I've learned that I don't like that. Or I've just learned that I want to be single. Yeah. That just reminded me when my daughter was really young, we lived in Tennessee. We had a neighbor that just was amazing neighbor. She was easily in her late eighties, probably. And she could run circles around me, (laughs) but she lived by herself and she had a boyfriend and he would come over every day and they would go out to eat and they would do their shopping together and cook together sometimes. And he would help her in the yard, but she did most of that by herself and stuff. And they maintain separate households. And she says, I'll never get married again because right now I still get my husband's benefits, his retirement stuff and whatever. And she goes, if I got married again, I would lose all that. And it's too much for me to lose. So she goes, I'm okay with the way things are. They didn't live together or any of that stuff, but they did. They lived their lives together. It just, they didn't sleep in the same house at night. And they were perfectly happy with that situation. And I think, like I was saying, as women these days are finding that dating is so very hard and it's hard to find somebody that maybe is compatible with them. And instead of having to fish for these men over and over and deal with the rejection that they're just okay with living their lives and finding things that make them happy. And like you said, if you happen to find somebody that you want to hang out with from couple days a week, go see movies with or go out to eat with, then if that works for you, then by all means, then do that. There's pressure. People are always asking me like, when are you going to start dating again? When are you going to find somebody? And I'm like, why? If it happens. I think that makes a lot of sense. When I first started online dating, I was more pro about it, like thinking this is a numbers game. If I meet enough people, my prince will fall from the sky with his unicorn, apparently. But I really thought that this could work. And as I went more into it and I see things changing, I'm less optimistic about it. And it seems to me for those of us maybe who are older and don't have these options of meeting tons and tons of people or live in a college town or something, maybe it's better to just live a life that's fulfilling. And are people going to meet people in a college town? Who are they going to? I just mean when you're younger. I think you're more adaptable. (laughs) When you're more adaptable. But when you're older, maybe it's better to just live a life that's fulfilling and wonderful and join groups that do the things you like to do. And maybe you'll meet somebody, maybe not. 
like or I guess up, like meetup.com. Yeah, I yeah, I'm a big hiker. When I was single, you could find me hiking on the trails on the weekends. And it did a lot for me because I was in much better shape. But also the quality of men were much better in my hiking groups. They weren't online trying to create this persona or make this thing happen. We were just all hiking. We didn't care how we looked. We were just trudging along. We'd have these great conversations because you're hiking next to somebody for four hours. And it felt much more natural. And there was some measure of accountability because you knew these people. You didn't necessarily know where they lived, but you'd see them week after week. They wanted to be a part of this group. I think several, I know some very good relationships, long, shorter ones that came out of things like hiking groups. There's certainly things like senior centers. I teach writing. Most of those classes are often women, but yoga, also women. Honestly, if I were a single guy, I would start looking into yoga. 100%. I'm doing some yoga, but I think that It maybe works better at some point to just live the life you want and try to have a life that feels fulfilling with all people, men, women, a social circle, things you love to do. And then the rest is gravy. I think class, I think that's a little easier than yoga. Or I know so many people who are into photography, a photography class. Cycling is very big. I think that makes more sense to me these days. I heard somebody say that Quality men are not on dating sites. Okay. Because they're convinced, well, that they're usually busy. They're running their empires or doing their stuff or whatever. And that they know that they're not going to find quality women on apps. I think there's some real problems. And that one of them is we're getting older, right? I'm going to be 60. And a lot of quote unquote quality men are in their lifetime relationships with their quality wives. So a lot of folks by now would be partnered because they had these long-term relationships. I never would have been on a dating app or dated if my husband hadn't died. My dad was on a, was dating before there were dating apps in the 70s. He wouldn't have been on a dating app except that his wife died. And a lot of women were surprised because he was so mature and he was a really great person, but he wouldn't have been there except that his wife passed. So I think what's hard is that a lot of quote unquote quality people, as you get older, they're in their lifetime, their long-term relationships. They're off the site. They're done. They're where they're going to be in their relationships, um, which leaves you a pool of people sometimes who get recirculated. And here's my example. When people talk about passing the bar. They say the California bar is super hard. I don't know about that. They say that at least when I was taking it, the pass rate was 45 or 50 percent. Sure. But for first time takers, 70 percent. Good school, 80 percent. The people who were dragging down the bar pass rates were the people who couldn't pass the first or second times. It were all the people who were taken at the third, fourth, or fifth time. Should they be lawyers? But I think that's a little bit like some of the dating stuff, because when you're older, and a lot of folks do want to be off the apps, and the good people are, they're married, or they're in long-term relationships, or they're taking care of aging parents or dealing with children, because being quality people, they have other priorities than trying to meet strangers. Or they're putting themselves secondarily to these things because they have other obligations. You have a group of people who keep getting, I call them recirculated or recycled. The folks who just, yep, man, they really want to get laid. They really want to date. And they're also incapable of being in relationships. And they're the ones who are online all the time. And they wind up with a few dates or a short-term relationship and they're recycled back. And I think that gets harder when you're older because a lot of this pool of quote-unquote quality people are busy doing grown-up things. 
Interesting. Like I said, I've been on a couple of them, just mostly for like research for seniors and stuff. When I was doing that, see, they'd be like, oh, I heard about OK Cupid. Is that one I could sign up on? I'm like, let me sign up and see for you and make sure that I understand how this works. And so I think it's funny because like during the years, like some people would be like, oh, you're back. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't really here to begin with. I'm an exception to that rule. But for the most part, a lot of them are just on the same apps. Like one will be like, oh, I saw that person on Tinder. Hey, I saw that person on OkCupid or Bumble or whatever. It's true. It's like I've seen the same people on Facebook that I've seen on Tinder this time around. Find one app that you feel is your jive, what works for you. Do you want to contact people first Then sign up for Bumble? I joked around last time. I was like, just because you sign up for Bumble and the woman messages first doesn't mean that you might not message a complete psychopath. Anybody can make a profile sound good, right? So it's being aware of what information that you're putting out there as well, which is something we should probably cover in this as well as how to protect yourself and be safe. Not only when you go out to on a date with somebody, but what kind of information you're giving out when you're having conversations with them through the app. Yeah, definitely nothing too personal. Probably, I didn't do it, but probably a burner phone is a bad idea. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's best definitely first date, coffee, daylight, someplace close, someplace, someplace you understand. You're not meeting somebody for the first time. I met a couple of guys who were, I didn't know, let's meet for this 10 mile hikes. No. Let's well, try not to too close. You. Not too close sometimes. You don't want people following you home either. You're right. You're right. Okay. Not too close. Yeah. Right. I the other day, it. this guy was asking me things like, what is your dog's name? And stuff like that. And when I went on Facebook and I'm like, hey, this guy's asking me two personal questions for just having talked for this person for 24 hours. Where do you work? Do you have kids? What is your dog's name? And all these things seem pretty innocent. But when you take these things and you put them into Google and you're trying to not be like, my name is such, and this is where I work and I own my own business for me, like I didn't want to go out there and say what my dog's name was, where I worked, all this other stuff. Cause all you have to do is Google me and I pop up all over the place. Some of those things can be, people need to be aware of as well, especially if you're a single woman, you live by yourself. And some of your stuff is Googleable. Googleable. Is that a word? Don't tell people these things. What's your dog's name? Fred. You know? Yeah, I agree. Probably. Yeah, definitely. What's your kids? Yeah. If you find your house, like where somebody's kids go to school, best not to talk about that. No, I agree. It's important to be careful and also know that people can find stuff out. I remember briefly dating, not even dating a guy. I was creepy as a widower. And he wouldn't give me his age. And he was not a terribly, and he also bothered me because, you know, somebody, this is a trick too, said, oh, we'll be friends. I'm recently widowed. I don't want to date. I just, I just like to have dinner with someone occasionally. And then, of course, he decided he couldn't live without me. And now we had to do something. And this was such a difficult situation for him. What were we, we had to change it. We had to be in love. And it was like, no, you've changed the parameters. And suddenly I was supposed to feel obligated. But the thing is, he wouldn't tell me his age. And it was very easy to type his first and last name and discover that he'd lied about his age by 10 years. Guys do that. We talked about this last time. It's like, why do guys feel like, oh, I am either too young or too old and I have to change my age. And you see this in dating apps now. It's They'll be like, oh, I'm 48, not 58. And then they're like, I don't know why Tinder put that in there. 
It's why you put the date in there yourself. So don't lie. Yeah, occasionally when I get something, oh, by the way, I'm actually this age in case you Google me and find out. But I just feel so useful that I'd like to meet a younger woman. And it's yes, agree that. No, I can put my real age. Then tell your real age and be like, I want to meet somebody that's younger than me. Don't. Exactly. Yeah, I still. Nice. Yeah, exactly. I had some younger men message me. I, I think it's, yeah, the whole, that whole thing is ridiculous. And I think it's a big red flag and I wouldn't recommend it. Just put your real age, be done with it. I hate to say it, but these days you almost have to Google everybody that you're going to potentially see. Find out their last oh. names, Google them. I went out on a date with this guy that had been, not recently, but this was a while back during one of those breakups that had been harassing me for a date for a while. Hey, let's have dinner. Hey, no, I'm working. And finally, he convinced me to meet up with him with an out, at an outdoor mall that we have and had dinner with him. And he gave me enough information that I was able to go home and Google him, found out he was a registered sex offender. This guy continued to stalk me for several years after this. He would just randomly oh show up at places and pop up. Me meeting somebody online, you see the possibility. I could have met this guy at a grocery store picking bananas, or I could have met him online, or I could have met him through a friend who didn't know. But the point is that you do have to dig deeper and figure out who it is that you're really dealing with and know yes. the information before you spend time alone with any of these people. I agree completely. Yeah. Google. Yes. Do the research. If they have this kind of a career, are they on LinkedIn? Do they have that career on LinkedIn? I find that one very helpful. Are they obviously, what do they have on Facebook? But you can get, if they say they live in an area, you can research where they've lived. Yeah. I stop at one Facebook account. I'm the guy that was after my dog's name last week. He had three different Facebook accounts. Reverse look up their picture. Find out where else they are on the internet. If you go into Google and you put in their picture and you tell it to search by that picture, a lot of times people will catfish and you'll find out that this person that you're thinking that you're talking to is actually like a doctor in Miami or something. And this person is catfishing you. So Google is your friend. Yeah, more than I do about that. So that's really good advice. And figuring out as far as religious aspects, do I jive with them politically? Do I drive with them romantically? There's so many things to look at. And do they have children? Are their children still in grade school or junior high? Do I want to invest time in, in being part of a younger family again? Or That's a big one. That's a big one. I know people, and it's probably best at some point to, to make that determination. Sometimes maybe you need to see. When I started dating originally, I wasn't settled on that. And then I realized I really... I don't have kids and it was, I need someone who I can see every, who'd be available to me. If they're traveling occasionally or business, but someone who's mostly around on weekends, I don't, it's not going to work for me to have someone who is really involved with a family and I wouldn't be a big priority and rightly, but that wasn't something that I could do. Yeah. And I tell people that if they have kids and like you said, rightfully, they should be spending time with their kids. Their kids absolutely should be their priority. But does that mean that's the route you want to go? Like for me, my daughter's 25. I don't want to date somebody that's got younger kids. If your kids are in college, yeah, sure. That's a different story at that point. But if your kids are still in junior high or grade school, that's, I'm, I've grown past that stage. Yeah, I know a lot of women who I don't have. know if I'd have patience for it now either. And that wouldn't be fair to those kids either. Another kind of thing that I liked profiles that have that already. Do you, you know, the profile would say, do you have kids and how old are they? That's useful because I know it's sites that didn't have that. 
be very awkward. I'd bat for somebody and we maybe each three to a phone call and I'd say, okay, honestly, you have kids. Yeah. And I, that's not really something I could do. And most men would say, thank you for letting me know. We're not going to waste each other's time. Good. But that's something you should be able to just see on the initial piece of paper. Tinder doesn't do that. Tinder, the options are, um, do you have kids or do you not have kids or I don't want kids or whatever. But it, but, and I was thinking about that the other day when I looked at that, I said, it should have the option of, yeah, I have kids, but they're grown. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Tinder doesn't provide a lot of information. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Left or left out that hookup culture site. If you just want to meet somebody for one night and their kids aren't, their kids are away or whatever, there's nothing inappropriate happening there that is damaging to them. Maybe that doesn't matter. Longer term, it does. Maybe that leads to some of the great Tinder mythology. Interesting enough, I went on that group that I mentioned earlier where women talk about men and stuff. And I asked them, I said, hey, if you're over the age of 50, what's what app are you finding the most success with of meeting people that are relationship type quality people? And interesting enough, they said for the 50 and over age that Tinder was one of the best ones out there right now. That surprises me. You and me both. So that's why I signed up for Tinder. When I say I'm on Facebook and Tinder, it's not because I was looking for hookups because that's not me at all. It's because I was going off of a recommendation of probably 20 people answered my post for that. And 15 of them out of 20 said Tinder. So I was like, okay, let's see. I'm not finding that, but I'm also not getting people asking me for hookups either, except for my weird neighbor. If you listen to this, sorry, you're not weird, but I'm not sleeping with you either. So yeah, it was interesting. Dude, you pushed your luck. There, I'll say it. <laughs> you know, the guy, well, yeah. Also things like finding men that jive with you as far as, do you mind if people smoke? Do you mind if people drink a lot? Do you mind if they smoke weed? Yeah, I liked okay, Cupid, I think, because it did have that kind of thing. Do you drink socially a lot? Not at all. Do you mind if other people? It had some of that stuff in there. And that does matter. Compatibility matters. Do you want someone who's going to spend a weekend morning with you? Or do you want someone who leaves you alone? Could you like to go rowing? That's fair. I have quite a few Facebook friends that are single. And they're all in the same line with me of being like, you know what? I don't know if if it's this age group. I'm not sure. Like I said, it's a lot easier, I think, to meet people when when you're younger and you don't have all the baggage. But every single woman that I've met recently is just like, I'm over it. And I think that's, I think that's a good point. And that's, I feel like that's where we're heading with this is that most people, a lot of the women were just, they've just burned out. They're done. 100%. All right. Let's wrap this up. Any last thoughts on this? I guess just that I'm sorry to have offered such an, a non-hopeful picture because I did meet someone online and it did turn out to work, but that it's just an extraordinary amount of work. And then it isn't something I can really vouch for or recommend these days. I do like your idea of going with like meetup and meeting people, whether they said whether it's hiking, whether there there are so many group, different groups on meetup yeah. that, that you can find something that interests you, whether it's quilting, you're probably not going to find very many men quilting, but you never know. But you might make some really great girlfriends. Or what about somebody who uses, goes to the Apple store and take the tech class on how to use your phone or your iPad? Right. They always say that everyone I've ever known that's ever met like Mr. Wright was, or Mrs. Wright was when they were looking for somebody that, that they weren't looking for. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just to go out and live a good life and feel fulfilled in what you're doing. 
Yeah. So it's not always a matter of giving up. It's just a matter of maybe not looking at the dating sites and looking for things that excite you and letting things come to you naturally and organically, which is I agree. thing for me. Yes. That's Debbie, a good conclusion. Thank you so much for being with us, guys. I've read two thirds of our book so far uh, available as is. What's the rest of it? Available as is a midlife widow's search for love. And if you head over to books.thehipsenior.com, you'll find Debbie's book and you'll also find an interview that Debbie gave us about her book as well. So head over there, check her out her book, purchase it, read it. It's all good. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you.